0: What is up, everybody? This is Ryan here for The Scale-Up Show. I have Miro Murasalov, who is a former software engineer turned tech founder out of Bulgaria. And something really cool that he shares on this episode, he's got 100% inbound uh, for his company. Absolutely amazing. He breaks down step-by-step exactly what he did with some growth hacking in there and other areas. So if you need more pipeline, more leads, this is the episode for you. You're going to want to check it out. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to The Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Miro Miroslavov, who is a software engineer turned tech entrepreneur, Previously, he was a leader at Telric, which is the and had the largest exit for a Bulgarian tech company at over 300 million. Currently, he actually in 2015, he co-founded Office R&D, which is a leading flex space and hybrid work management platform. He's the CEO and has grown from inception to a global company, serving thousands of companies worldwide. Miro, happy to have you on the show, man. You're our first Bulgarian here on the uh, scale up show. So welcome. Happy to have you here.
1: Hey Ryan, uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to for the conversation.
0: Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, this is this is super cool because um, you know I loved your perspective when we when we did the pre-show, and so let's do a real quick revenue rundown to give everybody uh, understanding of where you're at in the journey. Um, and so if we're looking at this, you know, what, where are you at in terms of your annual recurring revenue?
1: Yeah, well, so we're currently at uh, six point five million
0: uh, in annual recurring revenue and uh, growing super fast. Awesome. And what's your go-to-market, your primary go-to-market strategy for revenue growth? Yeah,
1: well, we are still uh, almost 100% uh, inbound. Uh, so we do a very heavy uh, marketing and inside sales. So everything's focused around that. Uh, and um, yeah, uh, we are now also exploring uh, more direct sales and outbound as well as channel, uh, but they're still, let's say, underdeveloped.
0: Okay, excellent. Well, 100% inbound, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, so your, your marketing team is doing <laughs> yeah. something, right? What's your team size and then your go-to-market team size?
1: So in total, we are a little bit more than 100 people uh, split in four offices. So um, we have a team in, in Sofia, Bulgaria, where I'm originally from, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia as well. I have about 20 people there and and, and also uh, in Melbourne, Australia and London, uh, United Kingdom. So it's a very uh, broad and, and global uh, team. Our go-to-market organization is about 25, so a quarter of for, for, for the whole company uh, split almost equally between sales and marketing um, as as, yeah, as a inbound organization. We have a very uh, advanced uh, marketing team uh, doing a lot of things.
0: Awesome. Well, that, um, that's exciting to hear. What, <clears throat> can you walk us through your solution uh, from a high level perspective, just like what it does and who it serves?
1: Yeah, totally. Well, so we actually have two solutions, uh, one that we call Obsidian Flex, uh, it's uh, a leading uh, software for managing co-working spaces like the WeWork and the uh, Industrial of the World, um, which we we serve there more than 2,000 buildings across the world. Um, and it uh, basically solves the pretty much most of the problems that, that these co-working spaces are facing, uh, everything related to Contracts, billing, memberships, payment processing, uh, all the way to mem- the member experience, uh, which is super important in a, in, a, in a typical co-working space. And then throughout the pandemic, oh, we introduced a second product that we call Officer ID Hybrid, uh, which is, in essence, a hybrid work software. So uh, that's a new category uh, that's currently developing. It's allowing companies to, to be more flexible uh, in their... Um, workplace strategies. So adopt uh, things like desk and office hoteling and basically be able to use their offices in a very flexible way, therefore reducing the ratio of desk to employees. So basically you have a lot more employees than desks uh, because frankly speaking, if you're not going to the office five days a week, you definitely don't want uh, and don't need a desk for for every employee. That's that's a huge
0: waste. Okay, excellent. So we, we yeah, Keep going, you keep going, man. I didn't mean to cut
1: you off. No, <laughs> no, no. That's, uh, that's kind of on, on, on a very high level. Um, maybe something something interesting there is also uh, the collaboration part. So it's not just to obviously reduce or save on real estate, but uh, the more important element is actually how we work together. So work from home and remote is great, but, but also we need a little bit more physical uh, and an in-person collaboration. So our software helps uh teams from, from these companies to actually synchronize their schedules and arrive in the office in 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 days that they want to or need to based on the company let's call it a habit work uh, policy. So this this collaboration uh between teams and synchronizing schedules and meetings it's uh it's very interesting challenge, uh, which I believe a lot of companies are currently facing with, uh, <laughs> with uh, with the with the complexities and challenges oh, yeah. uh, around hybrid working.
0: I can totally see that. So, are are you bootstrapped or funded?
1: Uh, we are funded.
0: Okay, VC or private equity or
1: uh, VC. So we, we went through the whole uh, journey in, in in venture capital from. Accelerator. So we we've been through an accelerator program in uh, in London. Uh, then we went for a uh, pre-seed, seed, pre-series A, series A, and <laughs> and all the yeah the, the very typical kind of um, uh, journey. Okay. For so us, yeah, uh, you, you went down the, the traditional path.
0: <clears throat> so we could probably talk about that yeah. a little bit uh, later. Totally. Yeah. So how did you? Like, what, what's your journey? Like, you're at Telric, right? Which, largest Bulgarian yeah. exit, 300 million plus. Um, and, and, you know, I know your background's in the it, being a software engineer. So, how did you make that jump from being a software engineer at a fairly big company, right? To saying, hey, I want to I wanna do my own thing. I want to start this. Like, what was the transmission point And how long did that take for you to do that? Yeah, uh,
1: great question, Ryan. Um, well, first of all, Telerik was always extremely supportive uh, for overall entrepreneurship, whether that's internal or external. So um, as a, let's say, very early uh, democracy, uh, that's, that's Bulgaria, uh, those companies like Telerik and, and, and a few others were extremely important for the local ecosystem to actually stimulate and develop entrepreneurship. So the founders of Telerik was always super supportive. And so me being an engineer, actually, um, I get a chance to start new products within the company, uh, which was a beautiful experience, uh, Learning the tone there. And then at some point after the acquisition, it was just, it was funny because we were that close to leave the company before the exit. Mm-hmm. Uh, which probably could have lapsed our options and that could have been a huge shame. <laughs> Luckily, just just around the time when me and my co-founder uh, decided that we want to focus on this problem that we've been experiencing there around the workplace. So Teloid was growing extremely fast. Uh, and uh, when we joined, we were a little less than 100 people. And at the time of the exit, we were a thousand people. And so throughout this, this, this growth, we've always felt like the workplace is kind of lagging behind, it's unclear what's going on, and it's not, never been really uh, transparent and, uh, and, 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 and catching up with the speed and the, dynamic of the dynamics of the business. And we basically wanted to make it uh, a little bit more transparent and a little bit more automated and a little bit more uh, easier uh, to manage, uh, let's say. Uh and so with that idea, uh, we started poking around some uh, some solutions and started to validate things, and we were just ready to, uh, to actually leave and and, and start uh, office R and D when uh, when the CEOs of Telerik announced the uh, acquisition <laughs> and the exit, and then so we we cashed our options, which was beautiful because it gave us a lot more. Uh, let's say, financial freedom at yeah, yeah, <laughs> to go awesome. down the, the, the startup path. And and also, I mean, that, that made a huge uh, huge impact on the entire ecosystem because it showed uh, that uh, equity programs work uh, because I, I don't think before Telerikia in, in, in our country, uh, I don't think there is another example of, of a successful startup uh, that, that that shares equity and then there is a success exit, it uh and people walk up walk out with uh, significant checks so um that was first of all super helpful and then it even um accelerated and 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 made us even more motivated to uh, to go down that path
0: so so what i heard you saying is basically like you were thinking about leaving anyways then the company sold. Yeah. So you, you got kind of best of both worlds, right? Where you, you, you got your, you got your payout and then you, you got to leave. And, and so how long of a, a transition was it? Did, was it immediate that you made that jump or did you take some time off or how, how did it work?
1: It was almost immediate and it was, it, it wasn't really that we wanted it to be immediate, but uh, so we, we, we got this, um, this offer uh, to receive some, uh, some funding from, from, of the accelerator space uh, in uh, in London uh, and it was just a week after uh, we <laughs> we left uh, left the company wow. so we had like less less than a week to, to regroup and and leave uh, and it was a uh, six months uh, thing, so we, we had to, you know, leave everything behind. I I sold my car and everything, and I <laughs> I left to <laughs> to London to uh, because that was, that was part of the deal. We need we, we had to relocate. That was pre-COVID, so uh, where <laughs> it, it, it mattered more uh, where where you are and and and, and, and all that. Uh, so no time to regroup, no time to really uh, think about it. We just uh, yeah uh, started it off. So, need, yeah.
0: so my question for you is like, was what what was the number one thing that you got out of using the accelerator program? And then I would love to hear that because I haven't had a lot of folks on the show that have gone through an accelerator experience and um, some of them have, some of them haven't, but I'd be curious on what your take is. Right.
1: Well, yeah, well, for, for us, it was extremely helpful. Uh, it was for, for two main reasons. First of all, uh, we were uh, two engineers uh, starting a company. And despite we were in, a, in another startup and we learned a lot, we didn't learn much <laughs> from my perspective now. So <laughs> the, 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 the accelerator, what they did was to kick us out of the office and go speak to customers and, and validate the problem and not try to, to build a solution and then look for a problem uh, which is an extremely common thing for engineers so engineers usually develop solutions uh for problems that many times they just don't exist or they just exist in their heads <laughs> or it's a it's a it's a it's a problem so and we were close actually uh to do that we were developing so hard without speaking to a single potential customer so whatever you built, it's not gonna be useful. It's gonna be, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was the first thing, extremely useful. They, they literally kicked us out the, the door and said, go speak to customers. They booked us um, real meetings with real people that potentially should be using our product. Uh, and, and it was difficult for especially we were foreigners and all that. Uh, and engineers usually very introverted shy people so it's not like your natural thing is to go and sell um, software to uh to other people so that was the number one thing extremely extremely useful and the second which kind of relates is uh, it's uh, the accelerator program was uh, very uh, niche so it's a prop tech accelerator and we are a prop tech company so uh in real estate technology so uh they brought us hundreds of potential mentors and potential customers and potential partners. Um, so for example, they one, one of the mentors uh, really liked us and what we were building uh, and then became an advisor. Uh, they became uh, a non-executive director and is now on our board uh, and he's been supporting us for the last seven years and uh, made a huge impact on uh, on our business. So overall, I'm very positive about uh, the about accelerators. If I have to start another company, uh, probably it won't be that useful because I've been through, uh, through the journey now. So, um, but if you're a first time founder, I think a lot of these, especially the high quality accelerators can be extremely uh, beneficial.
0: Okay, excellent. That's cool. That's that's a great story. So so let's shift gears and talk a little bit about your company because um, that's that's a cool journey to this point. So how did you how, how did you create an engine where you have 100 inbound? Like what does that look like? And in, in, you know what kind of tools and tech are you using to make that happen?
1: Yeah. Um, well, so we um, we use a lot of uh, uh, on, on the marketing side. We use a lot of things, uh, but uh, mostly. Um, SEO uh, and on the very first. By the way, that's that's a funny story. I can I can probably I can probably start that at the beginning. We we weren't hundred uh, percent inbound, so we we started as a, uh, finding the first customers. Of course, very direct and out, outbound, and uh, uh, even maybe a little bit of growth hacking, uh, if you will. So. Um, because our first target was corking spaces. So essentially what I did is to get all the corking spaces in London, uh, get their emails and send them an email, uh, which was a little cheesy, but I mean, <laughs> that we are a startup uh, out of this accelerator and I'm contacting you about two things. First of all, uh, we are looking for a uh, space uh, for our company, and second of all, uh, uh, we are building actually a co-working space management platform that I would love to hear your feedback on. And I got a hundred percent response because on the first point, they they want to sell us their space, so <laughs> and then of course they want to learn a little bit more about what we're doing. So everyone responded, and I uh, I got like hundred meetings or something and wow <laughs> and okay, then nice.
0: we, Slick.
1: Okay. we 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 closed ten customers out of this so which was uh, basically how we uh, how we got going and and we sticked with these ten customers for a very long time uh, developed a product with them learned all of their pro- problems and, and and all of that and then we started turning things into into inbound at some point. First um I love writing uh, blog posts, um, and overall, whatever I, I love writing. Um, so I started joining all the conversations on Quora and Reddit, uh, everything about Quora King, everything, every single question, every single discussion I was there. So, whenever there is a question, I will write a blog post uh, that answer uh, the question, and then I'll explain in details everything, and I'll, I'll post the link. And at some point, I think we were getting most of our leads coming from uh, from Quora.
0: Um, real quick, real quick. So I have a, a quick because this is this is great stuff. Yeah. So it's on Reddit and Quora. And how much time did you spend a day just like answering questions and and trying to help people with with these on Quora and, and Reddit?
1: Well, honestly, I was I was doing this in 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 my let's say uh, free spots, like in the morning or in the evening. I'll just go check everything that's uh, that's happening there. Is there something new that I should be uh, should be aware of? And then I'll mark these these questions to to, to answer them. Uh, and every time I have a moment, I'm gonna write a blog post or anything. I mean, it could be just an answer if it doesn't. If if I decide not to write a blog post about that, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll find spots in, in my, um, and w- when it's that early, I mean, I, I think I had a lot more time than, <laughs> than today. So that was like, uh, yeah. So were you spending uh, a like, time well spent? In my you spent
0: like an hour a day or something. I'm just trying to get a rough idea because there's Did different people that have it. Probably yes. Yeah. About an probably, hour a day. Probably, yeah. Which is great. Yeah, people, yeah, yeah. People That's a good estimation. Probably built a lot of trust, and so, like, keep keep going, man. I didn't mean to throw you off your rhythm. And so, you're answering questions, you're serving people, you're about an hour a day. <clears throat> um, you like writing. Okay, keep going. Take us from there.
1: Yeah, and then, and then we we started using at some point Semrush, uh, which is an SEO uh, and 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 search engine optimization tool, um, and so. At some point, you can really dig into understanding uh, the different keywords, what people are searching for, what's the volumes, who is ranking uh, higher and higher. And then there are some tricks, obviously, that you can find weaker uh, keywords uh, that are easy to win uh, as long as you can uh, build some some high-quality content. Uh, Then you can find a lot of lot of articles that rank really high and try to get these folks that wrote them to to throw a link uh, or get on that list like top five co-working space management software solutions and if you're not on that list it, it, at some point it was my only priority to get on that list <laughs> i i do everything here you know, to 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 figure out how to how to get on the list,
0: real quick. Did you,
1: um, which so what
0: worked? Yeah. What worked to get on that list? Did you offer like an affiliate fee? Did you um, build a relationship with the the writer? What was the the best way to handle that?
1: Uh, we yeah we do all of these. Uh, sometimes we even yeah uh, pay the little fee. Uh, <laughs> so, so sometimes we we just uh, ne- negotiate to uh to write something in exchange and and put a link uh back to to these guys so for example it's a software that's kind of related but not really for reception or whatever then we'll write okay here are the top five reception apps and then we'll put (laughs) them uh, on the first place in exchange for them putting us there so that kind of stuff i mean anything uh, that's why it's not like a growth hacking but in a way it might be considered um with pay with do something for them or we'll just try to build a relationship and, and eventually at some point um yeah ask them for uh, for a favor too, uh, to put it there so a lot of referral that, that that certainly helps with the domain authority and then referral directly um and, and yeah, we, we started building momentum, a lot of word of mouth. Uh, so it's a, it's a small market, a niche market that we've started in uh, with the working spaces. So we try to do everything and that's that we can to, to, to make our customers happy. Uh, so because we know they talk a lot uh, between each other, it's a, it's, it's a niche market. So they share a good word so we did everything possible to keep them happy and and, and hopefully they share uh, the word. I think at some point we we're getting like half of our customer new customers from word of mouth. Um and the rest coming from like referral and, and, and SEO. Then at some point when things got a little better and we we, we fundraise we incorporated also paid marketing and obviously google mm-hmm. ads it's working and social is too expensive i think so it's questionable <laughs> especially linkedin <laughs>
0: um yeah okay so that's, it's a really good breakdown so did you decide to systemize referrals then like once you're getting words of mouth word of mouth are you still using it today and have you systemized it
1: uh not not that much we tried different things but uh like ref- all sorts of referral programs and affiliate programs, we're just now trying to systemize them. Uh, I think we're probably a little late on that, but uh, yeah. Um, so we we got a very strong uh, partnership manager recently, and uh, and now we're trying to put everything in uh, in in place and and, and put a framework um, around around all that.
0: Excellent, man. Well, I I love that. So what's your single biggest challenge then with growing now that that you're running into?
1: (laughs) Well, the biggest challenge is actually uh, the two products uh, that we've got. Um, So selling two products, and although they are very similar as products and as features, uh, the audiences and the target persona is completely different. Completely different. Like on the one hand, you have the coworking space managers and landlords, so basically companies that are supplying and providing space. On the other side, you have just normal companies and tenants that are that they have offices and they want to manage it better. Uh, and so you speak to HR and office managers, city managers, and whatever. So it's it's such a challenge for. First of all, for our marketing team uh, to to connect these these products in a one, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in, in a one marketing website uh, and have a messaging that actually can kind of speak to both audiences and then channel everything in, in one or, or the other direction. Then the sales team, we've been going around in circles between completely autonomous sales teams to uh, then split by geographies. Then split by geographies and products. Now merging them again—it's—it's so, it's, it's so difficult actually to um, to decide. Do you want to split by size of the customer, by product, by geography, or all of these? Can you can you split by all of these? It's too much to, uh, to manage. So, I think these are currently our biggest challenges. On the product development, it's. I think it's easier. The, the autonomy is a must, uh, so probably that's that's one of the advices I can give. If you are about to start a second product, give it as much autonomy as you possibly can, like full, complete autonomy. Yeah. I think that's that's a, the only the only way to end up with a uh, with a commercially successful new product. Um, and on the go-to-market, though, it's it's a lot more complicated because you you have a lot of common infrastructure and things to <laughs> uh, to 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 care uh, to take care of, and uh, yeah, it's it's a big challenge in my opinion.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and here's the thing: I know we're, we're almost up on time, so uh, I want to be sensitive to that. But to to answer what I've seen work really well for like when you're trying to segment your team like that, your sales team in particular is. the biggest differentiation is like, you got to look at deal size, right? Like average deal size, Hmm. because you need totally different skill sets, totally different personnel, and then totally different support depending on the deal size. So like that would be, I would say category one. And then when you look at it, as long as you're below the mid market kind of minus, you could do more um, if if they're traveling to the locations and it's more, geographic plus you could mix in verticalization so you combo the two um because yeah. then that way you have people that are experts in what they're talking about but at the same time they're not flying all over the map um which was a mistake we made cuz we, we were trying to just go vertical but we didn't wrap in the geographical and then you know they had too many so basically we kept it to like two verticals per rep and then two states per rep or it could be two countries for you if it's, if you know you're talking Europe and that'll help if you got inside sales yeah. obviously there's a lot more freedom for that but um yeah. i can talk to you more about it anyways but those are some some ideas that come straight to the top of my head
1: yeah no totally our I I vp sales as well at the end set out on on, on exactly that okay. uh, deal size is the most important right. uh, factor because smaller deals you, you approach in one way and bigger deals you need all the strategic account planning and and all of it which yeah exactly makes a very different motion
0: cool well we're just about up on time so um you know i, I guess i usually do uh, a quick rundown um but we are up on time so what would you say is like where can people find you where can they learn about more about you miro this is great i think your your strategy on you know inbound and what you did i think there's some definite gold there so where can people find you where can they find out more about office r&d and then take it from there
1: yeah, well, I'm 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 extremely approachable. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I I use it uh, heavily. Uh, Miro Miroslavov uh, from Office ND, or you can shoot me an email, Miro at uh, officehandy I love talking about startups. I love everything about startups and hybrid working, flexible working, everything in between, and a little bit of growth hacking. And I'm an engineer. Uh, I learned marketing, so I cannot say I'm a pro, but, uh, I know some, some bits about that. (laughs) So if you, if you want to chat about everything around that, I I would love to, so feel free to reach out.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you, um, for, for being open to folks talking to you. I I loved your approach, uh, in in terms of growing your business. You did a great job of pivoting, um, really unique journey. So uh, happy to see things are taking off for you. Um, I really appreciate having me on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. All right, thanks, Miro, and we'll see y'all on the next episode. Thank you for checking out the Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering